Thanks for joining us for Episode 4 of Season 5 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Glenn, a business owner and communication strategist. Please don't attempt to disassemble this podcast, as doing so will void your warranty. And we never want to void the warranty. Not on this podcast. But I do want to call you about extending that warranty at some point. Do. I Um, dare you. (laughs) I'm I'm Jody, Glenn's partner in life and business. And a common icebreaking question or icebreaker question when you're at a, uh, say, a staff retreat. If you could suddenly have any skill or talent, what would it be? And a lot of times people think, okay, you know, a language, knowing a language, knowing how to play an instrument. But ultimately, my answer is always to be able to move objects with my mind. Hmm. Again, they said any ability. Well, strictly speaking, you can move objects with your mind. You just have to have some the extension, kind of, the app, your hand, yeah, your, your arm and <laughs> leg app, and whatever. It is a conduit from your mind. Yeah. But you got to read the fine print. If they say what's your wish for anything, you know that's that's what I'm saying. You were a disruptive influence at those I things, disruptors. weren't you? Yeah. On today's show, we discuss the five habits of highly successful habit makers. <laughs> And interview Tim Orellano about the best practices for hiring for small business. And at the end of the show, I test Glenn's leap year knowledge with a quiz. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples Inc. topic today, we're going to discuss the five habits of highly successful habit makers. Well, they, I love this, that title. Yeah, I do too, except it may be subject to interpretation about what constitutes the number five. You didn't count and you don't have enough for your part of this. Is I that didn't what you're say saying? that. I know. Well, one Why of the habits I... could be to count because I said we'll do one together and two a piece, which would give us five. You should have learned by now not to count on me to count. There are three kinds of people in the world, those who can count and those who can't. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but um, I think the title, whether it's four or five, is great. It's a little clickbaity. Maybe we need to add- A little. You won't believe number three. <coughs> number four will blow your mind. Blow your mind. So now that we've clickbaited and gone crazy with- Smash um, that like button. Smash that like button. Um, and oh, watch till the end. You yeah. gotta. That, I get. I full- please don't reveal the end to any of your friends. <laughs> no spoilers. Anyway, no one will be admitted during the first ten minutes, <laughs> or after the first ten minutes. We thought we would discuss these habits. Um, these are things that we do that help us stay connected as a couple, successful in business, or both. I mean, mm-hmm. it's nice if you have a habit that kind of does some heavy lifting on both sides. It's really nice. It was really nice. So originally we were going to have five. Uh, we'll see if we are going to or not. Um, but the first one, we both agreed that before we even started this list, this should be on it. Scheduling regular meetings and updates. That we is, should say it together in unison. Okay. Schedule, Schedule regular, regular meetings, meetings and, and updates. updates. That sounded really good. I like it. We should, we should talk more for our living. Yeah? To, yeah. At the same time as each other? No. Well, yeah. Let's do the whole podcast where we just talk exactly the same time, always, starting now. Now? (laughs) Okay. I'll do every other word. Read the first heading. No. The list begins with the regular meetings. That, I think, is 
by far a habit that we do, but we also hear a lot of couples that we interview for this show talking about how important these check-ins are. Yeah, and it's nothing really scheduled, so to speak, or it is sort of in, it's baked into the the day-to-day operations. Yeah, it doesn't have to be scheduled so that it's so rigid that you don't, you're not flexible depending on your work day. Yeah. But making sure you don't let too much time get away from you guys connecting and saying, okay, here's what's going on in the business. Because a lot of times people think, because we're married and also because we work from home, that we're constantly talking to each other. And that's not always the case. No, it's very seldom the case unless one of us runs up against a situation or an idea or an idea situation. (laughs) So we situational idea. Yes. Yeah. We'll, you know, holler back and forth because our offices are in separate rooms Mm -hmm. and we we like it that way. Well, we may have things that we're working on different times. Um, I may be on a call. You may be doing other things. It is not a case of that. Or napping. Uh, Having a meeting with snooze and associates. Yes. That's how we call any kind of nap. But it's not automatic that we're going to be constantly talking. Or even if we are talking quite a bit, it may not be about the list of topics that we have, unless we make a point of saying, oh, by the way, where are we on this? Do we need to meet on this project? You know, basically letting each other know, like, hey, I am struggling right now. Can you come in and help? And I love that. If we're kind of up against a situation that we can't can't handle anymore. <laughs> no, you did say it's not scheduled. And ours are not scheduled. But again, we are a small micro business and we have a lot of flexibility. What about for those larger companies? I'm thinking maybe it is something that you literally have to put on the calendar. I think you should just go ahead and downscale until it's only two people. <laughs> That's one approach. Yeah. But say you still want to be a successful business with employees and have other, you know, other mm. responsibilities. I I vote team schedule, but that is also just me. I'm very much a scheduler. What are you, what's your take? I mean, do you think that it needs to be on the calendar so you don't like forget that you're supposed to check in? Yeah, if you're dealing with two or three more people than just the two of you, and anything beyond that, I think it's critical that you schedule something once a week, mm-hmm. and that way you have a sort of a baseline. For that week, if you feel like it's appropriate to have something every day, you can do that. But there's the baseline is the thing. Yeah. Everybody has to have a common language that they can approach the day from in terms of what projects you're doing, what the overall goal is, and where you are as, as a business. Mm-hmm. And if you're a couple, where you are as a couple, if it's just the two of you meeting. Not yeah. necessarily like your emotional, like, but making sure that you're both feeling... Um, that you are communicating with each other, you're connected with each other, and you're connected to the business. I think that you shouldn't take for granted that everything's going smoothingly, smoothingly. <laughs> yes, I'm smoothingly. I know the going way that along. the way that I struggled saying the word smoothingly is ironic. Ironically. Ironically. Yes. Smoothingly, smoothly, smoothingly, smoothly, smoothly. Sm- I don't think that's, is that a word really? I don't smoothly? even know. I don't even know. You could say smoothly. Smoothly. But adding that extra syllable. Well, you I know, want you to work on that. Spears. I think adding the extra syllable just makes it a little bit more. I don't know. Fancy. It's something extra. Yeah, a little something extra. I think people find value in that, Spears. 
<laughs> value added. I have value added syllables. Yes. Okay, so schedule meetings or let them happen, but make sure you're checking in with each other. That is one of the habits of highly successful habit makers. All right, what's your first one? Both of mine really are very basic. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go too far afield for this and try to you know, get off the reservation, so to speak. But always have something you can take notes on. Oh my gosh. Isn't that weird? But that is something that in this day and age... People forget about paper. I know. And it doesn't have to be paper. It doesn't I mean, have to. That's I phone. usually use my portable device. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a phone. It can be one of them fancy wristwatches. True. But you can, if you don't do this, you walk away from a meeting and 10 minutes later, the day's grabbed you and you can't remember what you talked about unless oh my it's gosh. somebody has been kind enough to put it in an email or some sort of a memo that circulates throughout the company. I take, yeah, I think notes about everything, like... I know you can track it through your email, but if I am sending something, I'll put in the, uh, we have a job management system. So I have it easily referenced that this is what I did. And I take notes and everything. I just had a call this morning. Someone was going to be taking some of the notes down, but did not on this particular topic. And none of us could really remember what this particular thing was. Oh, no. Uh, Well, yeah, well, not details, but the point is, I didn't take notes. I was relying on someone else to, and now I'm like, ooh, I should probably have taken my own separate notes just in case. Yeah, you can always depend on someone else. They will always let you down. Yes. (laughs) Isn't it funny how ephemeral your memory becomes the minute you Uh, leave a meeting? Yes. It's almost like you're so self-assured during that 15, 20-minute time frame. Oh, yeah, I'm on top of this. Man, I got it. You walk out the door, and it's, it's like somebody's hit you over the head. Yeah, you forget everything. Yeah. Or, yeah, it just it is one of those things that it's a, it's obvious, but it truly is, you know, a, a habit of highly successful habit makers. So my next one kind of goes along with that in terms of keeping up with stuff is organizing your tasks for the next day. I like to wrap up my day by reviewing the tasks that I've done, and then what I have to do the next day or later in the week, making sure everything's prioritized. It helps me leave the office, and that's you know figuratively because we work from home, but right. leave the office feeling calm and like not stressed that I'm going to miss something the next day. Just end the day planning for the next day. And Sunday, I will often take time to plan for the week. Did you say Sunday or someday? Sunday. Okay. Sunday. Like sun, is, I've heard this phrase, the Sunday scaries, where you get stressed out about Monday. Yeah. Whether you work for someone else or yourself, you get anxious and you end up not enjoying the latter part of your weekend. I have those every day of the week. The Sunday scaries? Yes. But do you call them different things or you refer yeah, to them as Sunday scary? it's different days. Oh, so that's a Monday scary. <laughs> Hello. Tuesday scary. You, you and I are, are different and yeah. I'm much more of an early bird, so, you know. For me, it's more like a practical consideration at the end of the section of the project I'm working on. Okay. I make sure that I'm at a stop point there and I know where that stop point is so that the next time I pick it up, it isn't a puzzle. I'm not trying to recreate all the work that I've done. Do you find yourself leaving yourself notes as to your status of what you're doing or in terms of keeping organized? Sometimes, but usually the notes will be there as part Mm -hmm. of the project that's online on on the scheduling software, on the app. And a sidebar, this is sort of like my tip or my habit, like part B, is 
along with looking at what I have the next day, I try to batch like items with like items. So if I'm going to be pitching the media, I'll put all those jobs together. If I'm going to be writing something, put those jobs together. So that's kind of one of my habits. What's your next one? Okay, this is, like I said, going to be really basic. Be present. Ah, okay. That does sound very woo-woo, but also very true-true. True-true (laughs) woo-woo. No, really. So I know what I think what you mean be present is. What is your interpretation of being present? For me, as ADD as I am, I have to really train myself to focus on what's in the moment. And that's for every project that I do. Because just the opposite of what you're talking about, to batch projects together, mm-hmm. I'm more prone to doing a shiny object oh. diversion. If something pops up and I'm in the middle of another thing, I'll stop the clock a lot of times and start billing on the second thing that just popped up. And I think that I've gotten better about not doing that as time's gone by, but it's something I still have to work really hard at. It's Part of it is the nature of being the owner of the business. As mm. a co-owner, you feel responsible more so than you would as an employee. And if it's a client response, you want to feel like you're, you know, you're being, I guess, responsive. Yeah, proactive. To this, proactive. Mm-hmm. It reminds me when we interviewed Robert and uh, Kaylee Fakui. Oh yeah. And the fact that one of it, one i think he was saying one of his clients was very frustrated because the their client was calling and contacting them at all times again it worked it would be working better for them to schedule a meeting yeah so they can cover everything being present and focusing on that project at hand is probably a much better habit uh, than trying to be the first to respond to everything yeah and i think that that kind of plays into the entire universe mm-hmm. of you run your business or your business will run you. Right, right. That makes sense. So I like I like that. I mean, you may say it's it's basic these these things, but that's what a habit should be. A yeah, habit shouldn't be so. something that is convoluted and hard to do. It's just it's something you need to get into a practice of doing and it needs to be something that is accomplishable. Again, accomplishable? A cl- I, I threw in an, ex- an extra syllable just for you. Thank you. It can be accomplished. Do I have to pay extra for that? No, that's on me. All right, and my final one, which we did have five, five habits of highly effective habit makers. Is this the one that's going to blow your mind? Probably not, but uh, I, this is a very personal one for me. Years ago, a book came out called Never Eat Alone and Other Secrets to Success. My habit is solo lunch. Oh, yeah, it sure is. I, okay, yes. Because you don't like me anymore. No. <laughs> I love when you and I go out and grab a bite. In fact, yeah. we just did before this podcast. We went out and had um, uh, Mexican food. Mm-hmm, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I love meeting up with my gal pals, checking in, what's going on, sure. all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I'm meeting with a sales rep or a client or what have you over, you know, lunch or coffee. But... For me, in terms of a moment to recharge and to be present, solo lunch is like just an amazing way for me to get away from the office and just 
again, like recharge, be yeah. alone with my thoughts and focus on the food and, and focus on whatever. You yeah. Know? And you usually take a book. I do. I, I do. Know I that's love that's a habit of yours. And I think that that's kind of crucial to recharge your batteries. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're sitting there going over a spreadsheet or looking at uh, the, the app for the afternoon's tasks right. or the schedule for the next week or anything like that. You make a very mm-hmm. clear break with your schedule in order to do this and replenish your mind and your uh, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, maybe at least like once a week mm-hmm. I try to do that. Um, it just – it it's very freeing to not have to worry about fit, fitting into everyone's schedule or their preference of restaurant or what have you and having a book. And I still have my, you know, my phone out and I will check emails if I'm waiting on something. But having that clear break, I come back refreshed and ready to tackle whatever. I went the other day to this uh, restaurant in town. I almost always sit at the same table because the lighting is really good for my for me to read a book by the uh, window. Yeah, I walk in and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, just going over there." But someone else, another solo female diner, was already there, and so I sat oh, in the cage table. match. Right? I know. Well, I know. I was like. I let her. I let her sit in my seat. It's okay. But anyway, so she was dining alone, and I sat in the table. Still got the light from the window. The same table. Did you no, arm wrestle? A, no, a nearby table. And then a third woman came in and walked down and sat sat at one of the booths. How dare they? I know. One was re- looking at her phone. I had my book. I can't remember what the other. If the other one also. And again, there was a time where people would you know might feel a little more self conscious. But all three of us were like. Yeah, we're totally fine. This is, you know, we don't, we're doing a solo lunch. So instead of a three martini lunch, you do a three chapter lunch. I do a three chapter lunch and I highly recommend it. In our interview segment, we talk with Tim Orlano of the Human Resources team about hiring people. One of the first questions that comes to mind when we're thinking about hiring is, what are the biggest challenges for small companies when they're looking to hire? I think the biggest challenges for a small business is that everyone is wearing lots of hats. And so it's not like you have an HR department or you don't have a recruiter. So the the owner is usually taking the lead to whenever they have an opening and if you have 20 employees and you lose one person, you know, it, it, it presents some challenges. We heard a lot about the great resignation, right? Mm-hmm. Right after COVID yeah. and people, you know, quitting right and left and all that. I felt like it was really the great aspiration. The COVID, you know, kind of went, you know, the pandemic kind of did its thing and, and we're kind of trying to get back to normal. It, it caused people to stand back and, and start questioning what they want, what they want to aspire to, what they want to uh, want from an employer. They started asking questions like, is it safe and healthy? Uh, does it fit my career goals? Uh, how is this going to accommodate my kids and home life? You know, why am I even doing this? So those, to me, were aspiration-like questions that small and large companies have to start answering right now because even though we have low unemployment, 3%, it's still a buyer's market, and there's more jobs out there than people can fill, even for small businesses. So 
So for a small business, the challenge is, I think, even greater. They really have to stand back and answer those aspiration questions. So almost like if you're a small business, the amount of time you spend on trying to make your product or service appealing, you need to put that same energy into making this position appealing. Exactly. Tim, if... If they're using Indeed, if these uh, companies are using Indeed for recruitment, how can they make the listings, I guess, more resonant with the targets? Well, I think that uh, on your job posting, you need to make the requirement that if a person is interested, the link goes back to your website. Then you're just handling one place to manage the applicants, as opposed to, let's say you're using four different um, uh, job posting site. Well, now you're having a different deal with four different platforms. So it uh, sounds like to me what you're saying is that they the companies almost need to look at recruits and prospects as a different set of customers. Well, that's what they are. Here's one of the challenges. What, what is your average attention span? I'm, um, I'm sure it's much lower. Yeah, for me, I'm sure it's probably about three seconds or until a squirrel runs into the picture. Yeah, seven to, <laughs> ten, seven to ten seconds or something like that. A goldfish or something has a higher yeah. attention you're, span you're, these days. You're exactly right. In 2000, the average American attention span was 12 seconds. Well, now it's 8.25. If I'm a job seeker and you have openings, if you don't grab me and engage me in flexibility, the, the, the culture, the diversity, the what do you what do you bring to the table? What are your opportunities? Uh, what's the what's the pay? If you don't engage me quickly, I'm gone. No, absolutely. That makes makes a lot of sense is like make it easy for the person. So so say that the company has done a really good job of making their website um and their, their application process appealing, and they've talked about the culture and all these things that, that are a draw. So now they've got these applicants, and these are the applicants that, that they've pulled in through their, their, their really uh, amazing site. What are some things, when they're looking at the hiring process, like whether it's personality traits, work history, actions, that a business owner should look for to increase the odds that this employee will be a quality employee and one who'll stick around? Well, number one, I think you have to have a very accurate job description, okay? And you have to have a very good uh, job description that is identifying the minimum qualifications. So, for example, if I'm, uh, I'm looking for a, a receptionist and and we want uh, someone who has had at least six months of experience. Not everyone is an applicant, okay? So there's a difference between I'm interested in working for you and I'm an applicant. An applicant has six months. If you have less, you're not, you're just interested. So I don't want to waste my time as a manager or as a company on everyone. So I want my system and my process to focus on the applicants because if you make a poor decision on, and we've all done it, you know, sometimes we think we got a rock star and it doesn't turn out that way. 
the average cost in your time and the lost productivity in Hemstarter is about $5,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. So oh, yeah. It's you, easily 5000 So put the work on in the front, on the, on the front end of this, and so that way you don't incur costs later when you're having to constantly refill the position. Right. And I also feel pretty strongly that you need to do due diligence with background checks. Mm-hmm. So, so you've just got to do a background check. I'm also a strong believer that um, that uh, that you have uh, pre-employment drug testing. Okay, meaning that I'm going to offer you the job, but it's contingent that you have a a, a negative drug test. See, so mm-hmm. so that there's there's some to your point, which is a good one. The more time and effort that you put in on the front end, saves you on the back end. Tim, thanks for sharing your insights with us. Good visiting with you, and uh, we've we've got nuggets here that I'm sure that our listeners really are going to find. Uh, yeah, very, I feel like we just scratched the surface, useful. but good information. But thank you, thank you so much. Quiz time. Bring it. This year is a leap year. I've missed you February 29th. I know. So I'm going to test your knowledge of all things leap. For our right answer, should we have like a spring? Yeah, let me hear it. Great. Mm, Yeah. Okay. And what about for if you get it wrong? All right, question. You have four questions. Four questions. And I I pulled different sources, came up with my questions, uh, all multiple choice. What do I get if I get all four of them right? An extra day this year. Sweet. (laughs) The day off? No. Just a day? No. It it falls on a Thursday, so you're going to have, yeah, have to work. All right, number one. Without a leap day... Our calendars would be off by blank number of days after 100 years, okay? A, 15 days. B, 25 days. C, 35 days. D, none. You just have to remember to carry the one. Yes, always carry the one. So our leap, without a leap day, our calendars would be off. Basically, our equinoxes uh, and summer and winter solstice would no longer align with the seasons. Lady, I don't know where your mind is going with that stuff. I know, but it would be like 100 years, so why do we care? This is a business podcast. (laughs) So 15 days, 25 days, or 35 days. Or again, none. Just carry the one. Let's try 25 days. Yes! Yeah, because I put four into 100 and it came out 25. There you go. You are a mathlete. I just shoved it in there until it fit. No learning about it. No learning about it. Okay. So, number one, you got right. How about that? Number two, people born on Leap Day are called leaplings, leapfrogs, leapsters, or leprechauns. I'm going to say none of the above. They're springy dingies. <laughs> So that's choice number five, and I'm sticking with it. Um, no. Leaplings or leapers. Who gave them that title? I don't know, but I prefer either leapsters or leprechauns. Anyway, most of the people who are born on 
February 29th, don't wait, obviously, four years to celebrate their birthdays. They either celebrate on the 28th or wait until March 1st. But so they, they are called... cheat it one way or the other. Yes. I'd go ahead and do every four years. I, for example, would only be like five. Well, it would be an advantage when you're older to like appear or make yourself younger, but you'd have to wait a long time before you could drive and drink and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, not but they together. are called, not together. No, never do that together. Leaplings was the answer. So one right, Leaplings. one wrong. Okay. Historically, on Leap Day, it is a tradition for women to wear purple, sprinkle salt on the steps, propose marriage, or write the wrong date on any checks written that day. What are checks? Well, I know. I realize That's what that, they used to do in the 20th century, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, from now on, I only do giant novelty checks. I think the salt is the answer. No. no. Leap year has been associated with the idea that women can propose marriage. What? This custom dates back to the 5th century in Ireland when St. Bridget complained to St. Patrick that, and I guess these are real people, that women had to wait too long for men to propose. So St. Patrick then declared that on leap day, women could propose. It's sort of like a, oh, what's that dance? Um, Sadie Hawkins dance only in life. Yeah, Sadie Hawkins day. Yeah. Yeah. So this is So I guess bigger. it's like ask you get. She should have asked him for, you know. I know. If you I mean, if you, that would your. voting rights and, <laughs> yeah. what you happened, know, What happened pay? to other things besides just wow. proposing? All right. So. Missed opportunity. Yeah. I think wear purple will be fun. So. That can you be. can wear purple anytime. That's true. And sprinkle salt on the steps. You can do any of those any, If it snows, that's actually good to do. All right. Which of these can leap the farthest? Has nothing to do with leap day or leap year, but oh, okay. I thought I'd throw in a leap question. All right. So which of these animals or creatures can leap the farthest? Snow leopard, lion, black panther, or leprechaun? Got to be the king of the jungle, the lion. No. Huh? The longest jump observed by a snow leopard was more than 49 feet. That's longer than the average length of a school bus. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, the long jump record is held by Mike Powell at 29 feet. So I guess if he's going up against a snow leopard, a snow leopard it's curtains. Yeah, he's got no chance. That's, Maybe next um, year. I mean, next yeah. four <laughs> years. See you back here in four years. See you in four years. Thanks. Maybe. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a podcast helping couples work better together. We put out new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month. But to make sure you don't miss a show, subscribe using your favorite streaming service. We're on all of them. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, go ahead, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave us a rating or review. And be sure to visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com, to learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.